I'm Leah Witt. And I'm Billy Liggett. And this rhymes with orange. Today, we're joined by Dr. Dwayne Wilson. He's Director of Bands and Instrumental Studies and Associate Professor of Music at Campbell University. So tell us, how did you get to Campbell? Well, I was in Kansas before I came to Campbell. And um, let's just start by saying, when you're in Kansas, you're probably looking for a way to get out of Kansas. So, <laughs> um, uh, I did my doctoral work at UNCG. So I had a connection to uh, the, the state already. And a lot of uh, professors in our department have degrees from UNCG. So I, I knew people here. One of the professors that I studied with at UNCG, Mary Beth Yoder White, her father, she, she actually grew up here in Bowie's Creek. Oh, wow. Her father, Paul Yoder, was the chairman of the music department here long ago. So um, there was a connection. So uh, the job came open and uh, just uh, applied and got some persuasion from my wife, who was a Southern girl who really wanted to get back to places that had trees. So, um, and came down to interesting interview. We started, and I, this is my 38th year of band directing. So I got here and um, they asked me the first question and I asked the next 40 some questions. <laughs> and that was kind of the interview. And, uh, and I was looking for a place, we had moved quite a bit. And so I was looking for a place, my son was about uh, in third grade and I wanted to kind of lay some roots down and let him grow up in a place since we had been in a different school every year since uh, K-4. Wow. And so, uh, so I promised him we'd do that. So we found the place and that's kind of the short story of how we got here. Well, we're certainly glad that you're here. Um, so tell us a little bit about what being director of bands encompasses. What, what's, your, what's a day in the life of Dr. Wilson? Uh, are you sure that you have that much time? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, they, um, a day in the life now is much better because I uh, recently uh, got some full-time help. But uh, years ago, when we started, uh, our, our pro when I got here, the program had 13 kids total. Wow. And so, so what we, year was this? Uh, this was 2000. Okay. Right. And so we kind of started from scratch. And, you know, you sometimes become prisoner to your own success. Uh, you start to build, and then all those things you build, well, you have to do them. So we started to do that, uh, built the, you know, the, what was then just the basketball band and uh, started to build the, build the wind ensemble. In about eight to 10 years, we had uh, grown to over 100. Wow. We have about 160 now. And so, and now what was two ensembles is now uh, 12 ensembles. And so in those transition periods, up until 2013, I virtually did all of them myself. So I was teaching, because I do most of the music ed, and I do all of the student teachers and those, those courses and observe the student teachers. So I was teaching the music ed program, directing all of the instrumental ensembles and, um, and, and then administrating the program in general. So that's kind of the day in the life now. Now we have nine adjuncts and one full-time athletic band director. And so uh, 
life's quite a bit better. <laughs> you get to sleep a little bit more now. Just a little bit, yeah. So it's a it's a big time for the band here, as you said. Um, you're up to over 160 kids now. Um, I know being part of athletics is a big part of, of what you do here, but talk, talk a little bit more about the ensembles and, and uh, kind of describe the program when it comes to the different ensembles and what, what your students go through during the year. Okay. Well, let's start by saying that a, uh, a student who might be in multiple ensembles, and many of them are, could have as many as 52 to 55 performances. Just in basketball games and football games, those kids are playing uh, somewhere around uh, 40 times, 45. You know, there's 25 to 35 basketball events because we play for men and women's games. Then there are all the football games and then any tournament performances. So uh, the kids are quite busy. They can, uh, and, and the students are typically part of, all of them are typically part of the football band. Uh, And then from there, they get disseminated into other larger ensembles. So they can be part of the wind ensemble, which is kind of our inclusive group. Uh, Everybody can play no matter what your level. So if you come from a more rural school, that might fit you the best. Uh, Or you can play in wind symphony, which is our audition group. The audition group, our principal players are our faculty. And so the level is quite a bit higher, our ability level. Uh, and our music majors or minors. That's what I was going to ask you: is, yeah. is how many of your students are actually music, music majors, majors, or and how many of them are? Is this just kind of part of their entire? Like they may be a homeland security major, but they love music. What's what's the ratio there? It's uh, about twenty percent music majors okay. and eighty percent wow. everybody else. We are representative of almost every major on campus, every undergraduate major, almost even every graduate major. We have nursing students, med students. We've had pharmacy students forever. Pharmacy students go with us all the way up to clinicals. Sometimes if clinicals are close by, they'll even continue to play during clinicals. And how do they they get involved? Is it just... uh... They show up beginning of the semester? Um, well, or? usually students come to campus and the band's been a part of their life, uh, okay. you know, all through high school. And you kind of get addicted, so you don't want to give it up. And, uh, and they're looking for a way to continue that, but not go overboard. High school band can be extremely strenuous with marching competitions and concerts and stuff. Obviously, we're not about that. So they can find a way here to still enjoy what they do and and kind of get a, a relief from the academic rigors. And so it's, it's their opportunity to have an artistic outlet, keep something in their lives. And we hope continue, maybe play in a community group when they graduate, play at their church, uh, still be involved and keep music in their lives. That's awesome. Um, You were talking about how students can play in up to 52, 54 performances a year. I know this summer y'all went to Germany. Yeah. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about that experience? Yeah, I can. You know, the choir has been going uh, out of the country for quite a few years. That's a historical thing for the university. But the band never has. But, of course, the band never has been this big, and the programs have never been this numerous. So our top ensemble, the Wind Symphony, which is now called the Sandhills Wind Symphony, we rebranded the group uh, to fit with uh, all of the things like our our athletic bands, the sound of the Sandhills. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, so we uh, sent a recording into the Middle Rhine Music Festival just to see what might happen. And lo and behold, we were invited to come and play. The Middle Rhine Music Festival is outdoors uh, on the Rhine River. Uh, you're looking down in the Rhine River Valley. It couldn't be more beautiful. We played there on the summer solstice, the, the longest uh, day, and uh, had such a fabulous time because the, the Germans love music and so and they wouldn't let us stop playing we played from eight until after 10 it was like 10 15 we wrapped it up at about 10 30 wow. at night so we played and played and played we played a whole set which would be like a concert here mm -hmm. uh that's about 10 or 11 numbers then we played another one and uh the second set included german favorites you ready for this Disney music. They love it. And so we played <laughs> lots of Disney music and they just adored it. We also had an alum, Catherine Kelly, come and she sang with us there. So, uh, and, and of course we went to other places. Our chamber ensembles, clarinet trio, flute trio, etc., brass ensemble, played in the Bonn, in Bonn at the Beethoven House, mm -hmm. which is a spectacular venue. Uh, the venue is above Beethoven's vault with all of his original uh, works and scores. So, yeah, just, I mean, the experience itself, but for for uh, music history buffs and, and for, you know, as I saw in your bio, you were a guest conductor for the Mozart Festival in North Carolina. This right. had to be just a fantastic trip for you. We uh, all stood around the vault kind of putting our hands on it trying to get the Beethoven <laughs> mojo, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, so we turned uh, uh, the invitation into a whole uh, concert performance series where we performed in multiple venues. Mm -hmm. So it was it was uh, a spectacular time for us. So, Well, um, I know this last month the uh, band, the the athletic band um, gave a preview of what a marching band is going to look like. And I understand marching band is coming to Campbell in 2018. Uh, talk a little bit about um, the decision behind that and how does this, I know the football programs joining the Big South, that's a big progression. How does having a marching band progress to your program? Well, um, let's just say this for us was uh, a long time in the making. Uh, it took us a while when we started football again, it was our opportunity to kind of convert uh, to what would be a stadium band. And of course, the first sentiment was, can't you just bring the basketball band out there and play? But they're not really the same thing. And so uh, we finally got some approval to purchase some new instruments and, the, uh, and, and start what we called stadium band, play in the stands. Uh, so it's basically a pet band for a football game. Uh, I don't know if you know much about that, but the instruments are different. And so, and of course, you've got a drum line, which changes everything, not just a drum set. So we did that in, uh, what is that, now 10 years ago, right? Right. And um, so we, uh, once we started football band, we noticed large growth. Like we were up to getting around 100, but then we would jump by 30 and another 30. Normally our freshman uh, uh, students number about uh, 35 to 45 and we were seeing 55 and 65 freshmen and so we were really starting to grow 
so that was, uh, you know, that was positive news and for everybody involved, the university as well. So we had been saying all along, you know, if we did the marching thing, that would attract even more students. And so I can't tell you how many people we have said to that uh, to students, no, we don't have color guard because we don't march. And, you know, I kept saying, there's 80, 90 kids who might would come to Campbell if we were marching. Right. Uh, marching and marching's pretty big in the state. And so we would attract a lot more students. So we kind of kept putting that out there saying this would be attractive to more students. And, um, you know, Dr. Creed's a trumpet player from Texas. Yeah. And so... Um, uh, you know, he understands the attraction of marching band because it's big in Texas. Uh, so we were we were pretty excited to kind of propose that to him again. Knowing that football was making the jump to the Big South, we thought it would be the perfect time to say, let's do the marching band. And uh, that's what was agreed upon. I know the music is still, I mean, there's got it's got to be a lot more complicated to march and play at the same time. But but who do you bring in that actually creates the um, the show? The show, the yeah. Is that yeah. is that still within your department, or do you bring somebody else in for that? Well, fortunately, we hired from UNCG uh, uh, Dr. Andy Smith, who uh, is the director of athletic bands now. Um, he has drill writing skills. Okay. Now, eventually, we hope that the program gets too big for that, and you hire then a professional drill writer. Right. These are the same people who would write the drill for other colleges and for uh, um, Drum Corps International, which is the pro-level marching band. And so, yeah, you have a professional drill writer. You also have a professional arranger who uh, all the bigger universities have arrangers who arrange music just for their bands. And so right now, Dr. Smith is all of those things. He is the (laughs) drill writer. He is the music arranger. But I know he hopes to see the program get bigger. Yeah. And uh, but I will say we've we've done really well. Um, We've. We've enjoyed kind of uh, snitching people away from Chapel Hill. Uh, so uh, former color guard director at Chapel Hill is now our color guard director. Okay. Our drumline instructor is our drumline instructor, Nate Campbell. We share him with uh, with UNC. And so we uh, kind of enjoy uh, doing that and have having that caliber of instructor, which I'm real proud of. Right. So, yeah, and, and it is much more complicated, I uh, you know. Putting music on the field is one thing, putting it with marching. So early on, we tell students, don't worry, we're going to do the whole lot of march, stop, play, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because we're going to have students who have marched seriously before, and we're going to have students from rural bands who have no idea. And so we want them to be comfortable. We still want to be inclusive. Our viewpoint and the philosophy of our program is it's not separate things. Concert band, athletic band, all instrumental music is all one thing, and we're all working together to support the mission of the university. Athletics just happens to be part of that mission, and so we want to support that. We want to support the arts. Uh, We want to support Dr. Creed with chamber ensembles when he's out speaking on behalf of the university. So we see it as a very inclusive community thing. We want to support our community. We want to be part of the Raleigh Christmas Parade, you know, those. Yeah. those kinds of things. So we're very adamant in our philosophy that uh, in other universities you see a separation of this is athletic bands, this is concert, and we never want that to happen. Very cool. Well, I like to ask the hard-hitting questions here. <laughs> okay. Um, 
are the marching band uniforms going to be black and orange or orange and white? They are going to be black and orange. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, <laughs> black and orange. And, you know, uh, white pants are too hard to keep clean. <laughs> so we do have a mock-up. Actually, we have a final draft of the uniform being made now, and it's coming. And you'll be surprised who will wear the first uniform. Well, we can't wait. I, I have a guess. Uh, <laughs> well, it won't be me. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dr. Wilson, for joining us today. It's my pleasure. I, I found this conversation fascinating, and I hope our listener, listeners did too. Well, as Dr. Wilson mentioned, um, the band started increasing when football arrived at Campbell. 2008? Yeah, that is when I arrived at Campbell. I went to the first football game and sat on the hill. I heard it was was really hot that day. It was very hot that day. Um, So you shared your how you got to Campbell story last week, so I thought I'd share mine. Mine is not as exciting as yours. Oh. But um, because I went to school here, my sister... She's three years older than I am. She came to Campbell to become a pharmacist. I've always admired her steadfast determination since 18, knowing what she was going to be when she grew up. Um, So she enrolled at Campbell as a freshman, did her undergrad here, and went on to pharmacy school. And I remember the day she moved in, I was so irritated because she got to go to summer camp for a whole year. Like, that's what it was to me because she got her dorm room. She had a roommate. They could go wherever they wanted. They didn't have to go to class if they didn't want to. I remember being very grumpy. You were um, like a sophomore in high school. I and was. Still trapped at home. Yes, and I had the nice, like, early 2000s hair, the chunky highlights, and, like, the the punk rock emo face. My mom's right. very thankful I grew out of that. Real quick, the early 2000s hair is nothing compared to 90s and 80s hair that, that I had to deal with growing up. So. <laughs> So anyway, every time I'd come to, um, no comment, every time I'd come to visit my sister, it just, Bowie's Creek felt like home. We're from a small town in Virginia. My high school, I think I had like 120 people in my class. Um, So it just felt. You said off mic that you didn't even have the the marching band. We didn't even have a marching band. No, (laughs) we had a guy on a trailer with (laughs) an electric guitar. So. So sad. Go Wildcats. Um, <laughs> so every time I'd come visit her, it just it felt like home, and I, I felt like it was big enough that I wouldn't get lost in as a number, um, and it was far enough away from home, but close enough I wanted to go visit on the weekends. So I enrolled, and I came here in 2008. Um, was she still in school, your sister? She here? was. Okay. Uh, she actually started school three years after her and graduated before she did. Oh. Yeah. Thanks to pharmacy school. Okay, um, yeah. So I was a overachiever, classic overachiever in high school. I was fourth in my class, and I actually did a lot of college classes before I even got to college. So I started as a freshman, but technically I was a sophomore. Um, and I straight bombed it. Like, there's a professor I still hide from today when I see her on campus because I hated her class that much. I did awful. Um, but the saving grace was that Campbell was so small enough to to see me and notice that and someone from the business school pulled me aside and was like hey these grades don't line up to what your student profile is um so 
Campbell taught me how to ask for help when I needed it, and I turned it around, graduated in three years. I served as a peer mentor for the Lundy Fetterman School of Business my senior year. And then what got me here in my current job, I decided to get a full-time job after I graduated at Campbell so that they would pay for my master's degree. <laughs> so I worked during the day at the College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences, and I went to school at night um, and earned my MBA two years. And then I was convinced to jump ship and join the university marketing team. So Campbell student, Campbell alumni, Campbell employee, um, you seem like you're kind of vested into Campbell. So when, uh, when I, I guess maybe you have um, maybe people in your hometown or younger people that you know, and, and they ask you about Campbell, what, what do you glean from your experience that makes them want to come here? Well, I, I bleed black and orange through and through. Um, but the, the people at Campbell, that's, that's kind of the whole idea behind this podcast. And I remember my first, my first interaction with my freshman roommate. It was so awkward. I did not know her. She thought I was weird because I wasn't on Facebook at the time because Facebook was still like that in that weird era where only college students were on it. Um, and she's one did of my... Did you have a MySpace? I did have a MySpace. Okay. I did those surveys. <laughs> don't don't you worry. Um, but Kara, she has become a lifelong friend. Um, and then as I got older, one of my very best friends these days, I was a coworker in the College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences, and she introduced me, quote unquote, to my fiance, who I actually started Campbell with in 2008, and we get married in two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's coming up, isn't it? It is. You're gonna be all all on your own hosting this show. I got Yeah, I gotta find a I gotta find a replacement. <laughs> yes. Temporary replacement. Well, I think Campbell's glad to have you, as you as you told me last week, Leah. And uh, well, thanks. Um, six episodes. Yeah. We've done six episodes. Only a few um, more left in the semester. Yeah. Rhymes with Orange is a product of Campbell University's Office of Communications and Marketing. Vice President for Advancement is Dr. Britt Davis, and Assistant Vice President for Communications and Marketing is Ms. Haven Hoddle. Rhymes with Orange is co-produced by Sarah Harden, sitting to my right. She's the Director of Marketing for Campbell. Director of Visual Identity is my good friend Jonathan Bronsink. Director of Web Design is Nikki Zaywall. I'm not sure I know her very well. And your hosts are Leah Witt. That's me. And me, Billy Liggett. Join us next week as we sit down with Jeff Smith, a four-time Emmy-nominated broadcast journalist who reports for UNC TV. He has a very interesting story about his time at Campbell. Uh, find us on iTunes and listen to us every Wednesday. We'll see you next week. Until then, go Camels! Go Camels!